0: this has been today i've got a unusual episode so usually i am joined by a guest either i'm interviewing someone whose work i enjoy or i'm joined by a friend and we're reading some sort of book as part of a book club discussion series or something like that but today's different because i'm trying out something new i'm doing a little experiment and today it's just me and I'm going to be talking about two different books. So the experiment here is that, um, to say it in one sentence, (laughs) I'm going to be reviewing all of the books that I could find that I called Prisoner's Dilemma. Now this might seem very random at first, and it is, Um, so maybe a little bit of background on this. So my main work is about kind of at the intersection of psychology, neuroscience, and economics – and i use a fair bit of game theoretic stuff in my research and as such the prisoner's dilemma which is one of the most famous tasks in uh, i guess economic decision making or however you want to call it this is a task i've used in my own research and consequently i happen to have two books on the topic the first is the book prisoner's dilemma by rapaport and chamar which is a kind of series of studies about the Prisoner dilemma from the I don't know, 70s, 60s, something like that. It's a pretty old book. And the second is I have a biography of John von Neumann, one of the founders of game theory, if not the founder of game theory. And this is a book that is a biography of him and also an exposition of kind of the early beginnings of game theory. And it's also called Prisoner dilemma. So I happen to have both of these at home. And I found out that Richard Powers, a novelist who won the it surprised two years ago or something for fiction, has a novel that's also called Prisoner's Dilemma. In some sense, it's not that surprising that uh, there would be several books with the same title because The Prisoner's Dilemma really is one of the most famous, most used experimental paradigms. Um, if you want to study social interactions, social dilemmas, these kind of things, I'm not going to explain what The Prisoner's Dilemma is here. Um, you can just Google it, put it into YouTube, you'll probably find much better explanations than I could do right here. But anyway, so I had these three books at home, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be kind of funny, a bit silly, as a kind of in-between episode, to do something where I just review these three books called Prison Dilemma*, and yeah, just provide some insight, maybe help some people who have been curious about reading these and might not be sure whether it'd be worth it, and... Anyway, so I was kind of thinking or playing with the idea of reviewing these three books in one episode, and then I thought, what if there are more books called Prisoner's Dilemma? I mean, there are these three, but I haven't looked for them. I just happened to stumble across them in my research. and But yeah, I haven't really done any systematic look into this. So then I went on Amazon and searched for Prisoner's Dilemma, and I ended up finding 26 different books. With the title Prisoner's Dilemma or some sort of minor variant thereof, like The Prisoner Dilemma, A Prisoner Dilemma, and that kind of thing. So then, because this was the dumbest thing I could possibly do, I decided that I'm going to review all of them. Now, I'm not going to review all of them in this one episode because it's something like 5,000 pages and costs like 450 euros to buy the books. But my plan is that um, starting from today, in the next, I don't know, two years or whatever, uh, occasionally I'll be throwing an episode in which I'll be reviewing two of those books. And the way I'll be doing this is I'll kind of be, I'll be pairing the shortest book and the longest book and the second shortest and the second longest book and so on and so forth. So then each review episode is kind of going to be in similar length because the books covered should be roughly than the same length. And yeah, so that's what I'm doing. It's, as I said, I'm trying this out it's a really dumb idea, which is probably why I decided to do it. But apart from the fact that it's just very silly to review 26 books with the same title, there's actually something slightly more to this, which is that I'm kind of hoping here that I'll learn something new about this task task that I'm using in my research. For example, in these 26 books I've found, there are I don't know, at least like eight, I think, or something, books of fiction, maybe ten. I don't know, I didn't, haven't counted them. But there's quite a lot of novels and novellas and short stories and that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that maybe um, by having a novelist's perspective on this, uh, maybe I'll learn some interesting examples of Prisoner Salamas. Yeah, just see how this idea of this social dilemma is put into different contexts, what it might mean, and um, maybe I'll learn something new about the Prisoner dilemma. And in any case, I'll definitely have fun, I hope, reading all of these books. Anyway, so that being said, let's start with reviewing the first two books called Prisoner Salama. So today I'm going to be doing the longest book and the shortest book. Um, The longest being a like 630-page kind of conspiracy kind of novel, like a kind of crime novel thriller conspiracy kind of novel and the shortest one is a short story that's just eight pages so it's not really a book but you could buy it off amazon so eh, it counts um and i'm gonna start with the short one uh, because there's, it's just eight pages so there's not that much to say um so the book is called surprisingly a prisoner's dilemma by i'm not sure how to pronounce this Karabache. it's k-a-r-a-b-a-c-h-e Um, who I believe is an Australian author of fiction, something like that, and I believe this is a short story that he wrote and submitted to some sort of short story competition. Obviously, it's going to be difficult now to not provide any major spoilers, given that I'm going to be talking about something that's only eight pages in total anyway, but um, uh, I'll definitely not give away the very end. So, like many good short stories, it starts right in the middle of the action, so it starts with a prisoner in prison trying to dig a hole out of prison to escape. And kind of whilst he's scraping the ground with his spoon and he's like in in a tunnel and it's like a major operation because it's him and other people taking turns digging this hole and there's like some other prisoners uh, watching out for the guards and that kind of stuff. So it's like a pretty big operation. Anyway, so as he's digging this hole... We find out he's, that his his girlfriend, uh, who he was with um, just before he went to prison, just gave birth to a girl who's presumably his daughter. And to, to kind of make the, the description of this very short is that at some point he realizes that if he succeeds with what he's doing right now, which is breaking out of prison, then he kind of only has two options, which means either he's a wanted man and you have to spend time with his criminal friends the entire time in which case he probably won't be able to spend much time with his daughter because you know the police is looking for him and they probably know where his um, girlfriend and daughter live so if he does that he's probably not going to be able to spend time with his daughter and alternatively if he tries to break out and fails if for example one of the guards finds out that, is, that they try to break out, then, at least the way the author writes it in this scenario, they're going to get a much, much harsher sentence. So right now, he's kind of, I think, in prison for four years or something like that. So now he has this really weird situation where he says, okay, if I, break, if I manage to get out of prison now and break out, I'll be free, but I'll be, you know, a wanted man, and I won't be able to see my daughter. If I try and break out and it fails I might be in prison for like 10 years 12 years whatever just way longer and then I definitely won't be able to see my daughter but also if I stay in prison then that's four years I'm going to be here and by that time my, my daughter will be four years old and I don't know maybe they will have moved on she won't even know who I am and she already has a life and by the time I come out of prison I don't mean anything to her so he's in this really weird kind of dilemma you might say and then he realizes something which is well what if there were a fourth option which is i tell the guards about this potential breakout and in return i get a reduced sentence so those of you who know the prisoner's dilemma or who looked it up will know that this is a spin on the classic prisoner's dilemma right it's the about ratting at your friends and telling the police or the guards, whoever, that someone did, is doing something wrong or did something wrong, and you getting your uh, your sentence reduced thereby. Anyway, so I'm not going to say how he decided or what happened, but that's kind of the situation, this decision, that the short story builds towards, this gradual realisation that he has that, hang on a minute, if I want to actually spend time with my daughter... I might have to do something I don't want to do. And yeah, that's a summary of the short story. As I said, it's eight pages. This is not a huge amount to discuss here. I think what I can maybe say as a, to discuss this a little bit is that I, I kind of quite like how this is, I mean, in some sense, this is almost the literal prisoner's dilemma um, of you versus your friends and that kind of stuff. So in some sense, this isn't particularly original in this way. But I did quite like the way it was written and the way that this variation on the theme of the Prisoner dilemma kind of comes out in here. Because it kind of happens gradually that over the few pages, you realize, you realize kind of what his thought process is leading to. And then just before he realizes it, you go, ah, oh, I see where this is going. I see what the twist is. And um, I found that quite gratifying to have basically the original prisoner's dilemma but presented in a slightly new and nuanced way and what's also interesting here for me from kind of my personal uh, research is that it's really interesting to me how the kind of psychological factor that his daughter's born this kind of change how that suddenly leads to this cascade of changes in his thinking and how this suddenly completely transformed the situation he finds himself in because before he found out that he had a daughter, I think his plan was just to break out, maybe be a wanted man with his friends, you know, a gang of, of brothers or whatever. And then that would have been a good life. But now suddenly he realizes he has a daughter and things change. And that because of something that changed within him, within him personally, that this suddenly changed the situation he was in completely. Again this is not the, the most the, this is not the biggest revelation uh, in the history of thought, but it was kind of interesting for me because these are some kind of themes I've been thinking about in some of my own research um so it was kind of fun to see this in this in this short story so yeah anyway, so that's kind of the first book I discussed uh, I enjoyed reading it of course it's you know it only takes like five to ten minutes something like that to read um I think it cost 99 cents on amazon so if this sounded vaguely interesting and maybe check it out i think i'll put links and stuff in the description but yeah so that was the first book a prisoner dilemma by matthew carabache so that was the first book and now we come to the second one which is the much much longer book prisoner dilemma or in a nutshell by damien mitchell feiklovitch Feiklovitz, something like that yeah, so this is, you know, obviously a very different book. The other was a short story. that was eight pages long. This is a 630-page thriller about, let's say, some sort of conspiracy going on. And so maybe I'm going to just start kind of roughly explaining what the plot is and what's going on. And then we can get a bit more into the discussion of the actual book. The, the main character of this book, the kind of hero of this book, is a guy called Arnold Klischperhausen which is supposed to be Dutch and he is this kind of 25 year old complete genius whiz kid kind of mathematician slash economist who already has a PhD and um, is also was already hired by Vanderbilt University to start working as an assistant professor so he's basically this this complete genius kind of kid who everyone thinks is like you know he's he's gonna do the big thing he's gonna find out something fantastic when he was uh he you know he, he's from the Netherlands but he did his bachelor's in physics and mathematics at the same time at MIT then got a PhD in economics from the University of Chicago and is now at Vanderbilt University um you know having a faculty position at only twenty five years old and um. He was, he's apparently a kind of a mathematical genius in that at MIT he took part in some competitions um, against other brilliant young mathematicians and he just blew everyone completely out of the way. They gave them problem after problem and he was the only one who was able to solve all of them and then he just kept solving lots and lots of problems until they gave him um, the, I got the Riemann hypothesis. I can't believe I've forgotten which one it is okay so I'm, i've kind of forgotten this is silly i've kind of forgotten which problem but anyway one of the big millennium problems one of the big outstanding mathemat- problems mathematics um they gave him as a joke um he couldn't solve it but that was pretty much the only thing he couldn't figure out in the course of a day or something so yeah that that's him and then he he realized he didn't really like doing pure mathematics he wanted to do something a bit more applied and then ended up doing economics for some reason on and so, yeah, he just started his job as a, as a professor at Vanderbilt University, and he, you know, wants to do great science. That's what he came to do, and that's kind of what he wants to do. And very early on, he meets a young woman, someone who used to be his student, um, who he finds very attractive, and she drops, uh, she has no really in- real interest in economics and is studying something completely different. She drops out of the course, and she asks him, out for lunch and he doesn't really want to do it because she was his former student and you know all that kind of thing Uh, but she's very insistent and borderline just harasses him until he goes to lunch with her and so they go for lunch and eventually uh, let's say go for a few dates she's very interested in him you might even say a little bit too interested in him Um, and he's kind of slightly uncomfortable with the situation but he's very attracted to her and then because she also isn't actually his student anymore. At some point, they start dating and end up in a relationship. So yeah, so that's from his perspective. He's you know started this position, can now do real science, can really you know make a name for himself. He also has this this uh, fantastic, beautiful girlfriend, and from I think from his position now, everything seems pretty cool. Um, but it's pretty clear early on, not to him, but to to the reader that his girlfriend is up to something. So, I don't remember exactly whether this is obvious from the first time they talk or not, but very early on it becomes clear that she's somehow being instructed to get to know this guy. She's not necessarily doing it because she, you know, per se wants to date him or get to know him or anything. She's playing some sort of game and you But you don't really know, well, you have no idea what, as really, you just know that there's something going on. And, you know, to make a 600-page book relatively short, or, to you know, obviously not going to do the entire plot here, but then fairly early on you realize she's up to something, she's kind of spying on him and giving information, she's being instructed by this mysterious guy who tells her kind of what to do and who tells her that he has to, well, I mean, the the first, let's say, dramatic scene there really is that she gets him to some sort of bar and gets two guys to who are supposed to beat him up, basically. And yeah, maybe let's just leave it at that. So, you know, there are clearly some sort of nefarious reasons for why she's with him, but it's not clear why. And it also becomes very obvious fairly early on that there's, Other people who might be in on this—it's this kind of really weird thing where his his girlfriend is from this like very very rich finance banking kind of family, and they have a lot of influence, but it's not entirely clear how. But yeah, so there's some things going on around him, and I guess at some point he starts to realize this or starts to question it. That's maybe all i'll say about the plot per se it's a i mean lots of stuff happens and also i guess the point is not to retell the entire book but one thing that's kind of interesting also i guess to mention about the plot still is that it's also clear fairly early on that the girlfriend doesn't really know what's going on either it's not as if she has a little plan that she's doing or something but you know as i said she's been given these instructions instructions by a guy who's uh, i think she knows him as karma He's often also then referred as the well-dressed man. But he basically tells people what to do, her and other people. But no one seems to exactly know what's going on. So that's maybe where I'll leave it at. And, you know, as you can imagine, the rest of the book is then kind of him starting to realize this. And yeah, from there, things get more dramatic, let's just say. Yeah, so that's kind of the the rough overall structure of the book. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, give away spoilers or anything like that Um, but i do want to you know discuss this in light of it being called the prisoner's dilemma so i'm not going to say exactly what the scene is but the prisoner's dilemma that the title of this book refers to is somewhat unfortunately a literal prisoner's dilemma it's basically a cop makes a deal to two people who are being held in separate rooms etc it's pretty much exact retelling of the story and that's kind of also part of that Chapter where one of the criminals says like, "Hey, you're trying to pull the prisoner's dilemma on me. Like, don't be stupid." Um, And in the final chapter, there's a second prisoner's dilemma, which is, I guess, more generic dilemma that a prisoner finds himself in, but it's not really related to the game theory. You know, the game theoretic specific articulation of the prisoner's dilemma. So I found that just this aspect just talking about the prisoner salama aspect slightly disappointing um because you know it's the title of the book and it's just a retelling of the literal prisoner dilemma as it's uh, as it was almost originally conceived of it's not even really the most important scene in which it's being used so yeah i was slightly i was kind of hoping for a kind of cooler way that the prisoner dilemma might be used in this way rather than just literally the prisoner salama Yeah. Anyway, so I want to comment a bit more about the book in general, though, because it's a kind of, it's a frustrating book. And, um, you know, it's, but it also has, I mean, I want to point this out, it also does have good elements. So if I, you know, if I were to, you know, give this some sort of rating from zero to five, where one to five, where one was the worst, five the best, I probably, this is a three or something. Because there were a lot of moments in this when I was majorly frustrated with the way it was written. But as a whole, it's 630 pages long and there were a lot of parts that I liked. Some threading aspects, there were some some good action scenes. Somehow the characters, although uh, I'll get more about this later, some of them were written not particularly well, but somehow they still felt fairly alive, I felt. Um... And I guess um, what I'll get to in a bit later is that even though I would only give this like a three out of five, I think with some fairly minor edits, this could probably be a four out of five because this is the big thing. The author is not a professional writer. The author, Damien Mitchell Feklevit is, he works in finance or something like that. I mean, it's very, it's very obvious when you read the book that he, number one, is educated in economics. And number two, that he went to Vanderbilt University because Vanderbilt is, I hope, it's tongue in cheek, but it's made out as this, this like fantastic, great place, in there where all the people are amazing. Um, it's the you know super prestigious university, and uh, I, th- I mean, I don't know much about Vanderbilt University, but uh, let's put it this way: I was surprised when a guy who's supposed to be the big economic, or a big scientific genius of his day who got a PhD from University of Chicago in economics, that he would choose to go to Vanderbilt University. I'm sure Vanderbilt has a great university, has a great reputation in the US. I think in Europe, it's not really well known at all. Um, So maybe that's more of a kind of geographic difference. Um, But yeah, anyway, it's fairly obvious that the guy went to Vanderbilt University, the author, and um, that he studied economics and that he knows this stuff. And that's part of the problem in many cases because in a lot of cases it seems like he really wanted to show that he knows this stuff. Now some of it might fit with the main character because he's also a bit of a show-off but in general yeah anyway the the, the point I was trying to make is that he's not a professional author and this is self-published and it's fairly clear that he didn't have a professional editor look over this um, because there's quite a lot of stuff that he could have done that any editor would, would have pointed out and that would have shortened the book probably by like 100 pages and made it quite a bit better. There are some, ma- some major frustrations in the way that uh, there's a lot of repetition in there in the sense that especially in the beginning it kind of actually stops towards the end which is interesting but especially in the beginning he'll write something like you know someone will do something for a particular reason and you can infer this from what they did it's fairly obvious but then he will again write why they did this it's this really frustrating part where you just want him to cut out all the explanations of why someone was doing it because you already got it from the text. You know, he's he's doing something quite well by writing uh action or speech. That's interesting and that moves the plot forward, but then he kind of pauses it again by explaining what was going on even though you already knew it. This is one of my pet peeves. If you've listened to my episode on Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, that's one of the main things I hate about Huxley, is that he does the same thing, but Huxley only does it occasionally, whereas this guy, in some parts, I almost didn't want to finish... I didn't want to continue reading, because it, uh, you just kept... Yeah, you were just reading this the same information two, two times. So basically, the book was just so much slower than it could have been. Um, as I said, there's a lot of basically what seems to me often like pseudo-intellectual waffle uh or yeah i mean there's 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 a lot of scenes where basically there's like 30 40 pages or something where people just talk about like economics and that kind of stuff but it doesn't really add to the plot in most of the cases so you can pretty much take it out um there's also something that's majorly frustrating in that people keep quoting authors and making allusions to films and books and that kind of stuff. Now, some of that actually, when you continue reading to the end, makes sense and is actually part of the plot and is actually quite cool, but only a very small proportion of that. Yeah, I don't want to make this too long, but that was, again, there's, it's another really frustrating part. Then the final part is that, um, how shall I, I put this best? Uh, the guy likes describing the plot, bodies of his female characters obviously all the female characters that are important in this book are very attractive yeah i mean i don't need to go into too much detail here but basically if you could cut that out that would be pretty nice also um i mean to be fair that it's not that the, the female characters are actual characters it's not just that they're just there for the way they look or whatever but and he does also actually often describe the men as being very good looking too so but still yeah you, you, you don't need that much description of how great someone's ass is or whatever and that's basically those kind of i think five points or whatever that i just had about the repetition the pseudo intellectual stuff the quoting books and films and then the comments about the, the bodies of the female characters the annoying thing is that that's really easy actually to take out. So it's kind of frustrating that it wasn't taken out because if you just had an in, had an editor would have looked over this, then the book could have probably been 100 pages shorter. And the thing is, that there's actually a fair amount that I liked about the book. It's just because there were these like 100 pages of stuff that shouldn't have been there mixed into it. It just made it a bit slow and a bit of a slog. I mean, most books that are more than 600 pages long probably don't need to be 600 pages long and this is definitely one of them i think if he'd done all of that shortened it to 500 pages you might not have gotten you might have gotten a pretty solid kind of conspiracy kind of thriller that uh, it doesn't quite actually work out in the end it's a bit unbelievable once you actually read everything but for the most part it, it was kind of fun it's also there's some solid action scenes in there. It's actually funny at times. And yeah, you never really know what's going on, but you are curious and trying to figure it out. So it is this kind of mystery thriller in a way. So I in some sense, I guess, for a guy who wrote this while working as a finance finance person or whatever. Pretty impressive, I think, to write like a thriller that's pretty good. And yeah, if he actually got an edit for this, this could probably be a pretty solid book. Like I'd say at least three and a half stars or something out of five if if you've got an editor. Yeah, so those were basically the first two books. I reviewed the longest at 630 pages, the shortest at eight pages. The short story was pretty solid, a fun little twist on the Prisoner's Dilemma, uh, and not much else, but, you know, it's a short story, so it's limited space. And the second being this, like, pretty long, and sometimes long-winded, conspiracy mystery kind of thriller that Had some really good elements, some really not so great elements, uh, and I thought slightly disappointed on the prisoner's dilemma part. Although to be fair, you know, obviously I'm looking at this from a perspective that the authors authors probably didn't intend. They just wanted a cool title for their book, right? Um, They didn't necessarily intend to add an interesting commentary on the prisoner's dilemma for someone who's researching in the field. So yeah, those were the first two prisoner's dilemma books i reviewed the very next one i'll do next week but after that yeah we'll see whether i'll do another one this year or not uh, it's a kind of like fun little thing i'll do occasionally reviewing these different books uh i've actually so i've already looked into what next books what the next two books are going to be uh and maybe as a as little teaser one is a children's book that's actually been rated very highly it seems. Um, it seems to be a very successful children's story book. Uh, and the other is. Wow. It's something special. Let's just leave it at that. So, yeah. I hope you got something out of this. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not really an expert in reviewing books. Um, yeah, basically, the short story might be worth reading if you're interested. The thriller is probably, uh, unless you have a very specific reason to read it to the end, might just be a bit too long. Although if you do read to the end, there are some nice kind of twists at the end. Um, Anyway, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. And uh, not, I'll still do it. (laughs) I'm going to review these books even if no one's listening.